This is Winning Cures Everything. I'm your host, Gary Seegers. Uh, today is Wednesday, January the 16th. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. You can follow the show, winningcureseverything.com. We've got everything over there, picks, previews, stories, videos, etc. You can subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of your favorite podcast apps. Go on and check that thing out. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Winning Cures. Let's get into the uh, the rundown of the show topics. Uh, we're going to talk about the first meet and greet, meet and whatever, the meetup, the live show uh, for Winning Cures Everything at Hollywood Casino down in Tunica. We're going to talk Jalen Hurts to Oklahoma. We're going to talk Tate Martell to Miami. Travis Scott called Colin Kaepernick uh, before accepting the Super Bowl offer. I'm going to talk about why that was ridiculous to even happen um and then Lil Penny is back and then we're going to give you seven college basketball picks for tonight I went two and three last night two and three and I'm just floored at how I continue this abysmal run right so I was 17 24 and one before last night that puts me at 19 27 and one over the past week uh last Wednesday is when the skid started so I'm hoping that tonight is when the skid stops. That's my hope. So uh, let's jump into Jalen Hurts to Oklahoma. It's a good move. It's a really good move, I think. Uh, Lincoln Riley has proven that he can take a really good quarterback and make him great, right? Kyler Murray at Texas A&M under Kevin Sumlin was not great. And granted, he was a freshman then. But, you know, Baker Mayfield was not what he was until he went and played for Lincoln Riley. Kyler Murray was not what he was until he went and played for Lincoln Riley. Jalen Hurts was already an SEC Offensive Player of the Year at Alabama. Imagine what he will turn into in this offense. I think it's a great move for him. I think it's, it, it's going to be fantastic. The other side of this, uh, one, the expectation level. I mean, the first two transfer quarterbacks that have gone through Lincoln Riley's system both won Heisman's, both made it to the playoff. Neither won, but now you got a guy with playoff experience that has won in the playoff. We'll see what happens. Um, Oklahoma is blocking Austin Kendall, the quarterback that, that was there that was neck and neck with Kyler Murray. He, they are blocking him from being a grad transfer to play immediately at West Virginia. Now, I understand this. It makes sense, right? Um, I mean, this is it's a rule that did not change. Uh, the terms are still uh, that teams can block certain players from certain schools. In this case, Oklahoma, it would be a competitive reason. The rule did not change. When, uh, when transfer reform was instituted in October of last year. Um, what Oklahoma is doing is, is blocking him from any team that it plays over the next two seasons. So that makes sense. Kendall has two years of eligibility remaining. He could play immediately at West Virginia, and he would be somebody that Oklahoma would have to go up and play against. Kendall knows everything about Riley's system. He could put that in for Neil Brown at West Virginia and immediately become successful, right? I think it's a little bit hypocritical. I don't think that grad transfers should be told where they can and can't go to school. And I would imagine that Kendall, if he really wants to go to West Virginia, will will put in a waiver 
and he will request that the NCAA grant him immediate eligibility anyway. This makes Oklahoma look terrible. Terrible. Now, I don't know why you would do it if you've already got Hurts coming in. If Kendall was not good enough to win your job and you were going to bring in a grad transfer, what does it matter? If you don't think the good or the kid is good enough to start for you, then why are you letting him go? And if he is good enough to start for you, why are you bringing in Jalen Hurts? Like this, I guarantee you that this deal was done with Hurts to bring him into play. He's not going to go somewhere. He's not going to start immediately. So if Kendall was not going to be your starter, it shouldn't really matter. Now, back in the day, coaches used to be able to do this all the time. Bill Snyder uh, had a list of, what, 30 or 40 teams that, that one of his kids couldn't go play for. It was just ridiculous. So they used to do this kind of stuff to block kids to where they couldn't transfer out and play like ever play against you. Do we really think Oklahoma and Alabama might not play in the playoff again next year? I, I think that's a possibility. It's a strong possibility. But Alabama was not going to block Jalen Hurts from going wherever he wanted to go. He could have gone to Auburn. It wouldn't have mattered. Lincoln Riley, I think, looks small in this position. He should just let the kid go do his thing. College sports is about the players. If you want it to be about the business, you got to do something different. you got to make it a different model. But they're not going to make it a different model. It's about the money. you got to make it about the kids. Let the kids do what they want. They continue to bring in the money to the universities. I'm in with it. So let's move on from there. Let's talk about Tate Martell, another transfer. He's going from Ohio State. He announced yesterday he's going to Miami. He lawyered up immediately. Now, I thought last night when I originally read the news that he was just going to Miami to play. He was going to sit out this year, and he would be eligible to play the next season. So in the 2020 season, he would be the starting quarterback, and they just they, they got to work with Nikosi Perry or somebody this year. Not the case. Uh, Tate Martell is filing a waiver to play immediately, and he's going to try and use the Ohio State coaching change as the reason why. Everybody knows the reason why is Justin Fields, right? Fields got brought in. He's going to be the starter. He's got a better chance of gaining immediate eligibility. So Martell is going to go where some of his buddies are, where he has a chance to play right now. It makes perfect sense. But I don't if if they allow Tate Martell, the NCAA, if they allow him to play immediately, they need to just do away with the waiver process. Let kids transfer wherever they want to and play immediately. Because Right now, it doesn't matter. You can come up with any cockamamie reason why you want to go play immediately, and they will end up granting it. The thing that has changed over the past few years is kids used to not lawyer up. They, they used to not hire attorneys to do this for them, and now that the NCAA sees that they can have legal ramifications from blocking a kid from playing immediately if he's transferring from a bad situation— they're having to grant eligibility to everybody. Tom Mars jumped on this as soon as it started, right, with all the Ole Miss stuff. Once that all started and people realized, man, we can go play anywhere at any time, and we don't have to sit out, even though the rule says we do. At that point, everything changed. Everybody is, is transfer. It's the wild, wild west. If you don't like where you are, you just pick up and leave. 
And I don't know that it's better or worse. I'm not here. I'm not going to judge one way or the other. Like, I, I, I liked the system the way it was because you understood the ramifications if you were going to leave. If you were going to leave, you had to sit out a year. If you lost your job, you were at least sitting out a year if you were going somewhere, or you just sit and you work through it, right? Jalen Hurts last year, if he transferred out, he was sitting out a year. Instead of sitting out a year, he worked his rear end off, fought through adversity, he, had, he got a big chance in the SEC championship game. Alabama fans are always going to love that kid for what he did. That's just the truth. That's the way it goes. So I, I don't know what Tate Martell does here, uh, but if the NCAA allows him to play immediately, just do away with the waiver rule. There's no purpose in it. It makes no sense. All right, uh, topic number three, Travis Scott called Colin Kaepernick. Now, this is per variety. Called Colin Kaepernick to discuss him being on the Super Bowl halftime show before he did it. Now, Scott was not the first choice. Scott came in after, let's see, let me let me find the list. Cardi B, Andre 3000, Mary J. Blige, Usher, Nicki Minaj all declined the Super Bowl offer. Now, these are all people of color, and they all said no because of the unfair treatment by the NFL. I- explain this to me. The NFL has more black athletes that make millions of dollars than any other league in the country. How is that unfair treatment? The the Kaepernick stuff is so overblown, and I'm not one to get political, but I I am so tired of hearing about it. The the Travis Scott thing where he called Kaepernick to talk about it, and apparently they disagreed on a lot of it, but ended up coming to an understanding. So they say, an understanding. Um, but they, they came to this understanding and Jay-Z and Meek Mill and Reverend Al Sharpton all tried to talk him out of doing the Super Bowl because of the, the unfair treatment to Colin Kaepernick. Look, the NFL ended up making a donation to, and I think it was Dreamscapes or Dream something, uh, some charity that Travis Scott also donated to, uh, so that he would actually do the show. But I don't. I don't understand it. When did the Super Bowl become a not cool thing to play? I mean, you're, you've got 100 million viewers that are going to sit and watch you. There are millions of people out there that have never heard of Travis Scott, that have no idea who he is other than he's involved with, and I think I've got this right. I don't know, Adam from Steve or whatever. But I, I think he's involved with the Jenners if I'm not mistaken, and this guy somehow maybe thought that he was too big to play the Super Bowl or he was big enough to not have to, you're getting in front of 100 million people. Why is that a bad thing? I don't care what it does for your credibility. Everybody, anybody that is involved in a Super Bowl halftime show, their numbers skyrocket. Immediately after. If you are in a capitalistic society, which we are, that's what the United States is, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. you got to jump on that. For Cardi B, who is already pretty big but could be even bigger, Andre 3000, outcast, already really big. He's basically retired from music. Mary J. Blige, she's huge, but again, 
Numbers could skyrocket. It can bring her back to the forefront. Usher, same thing. Nicki Minaj, same thing. Explain this to me. Somebody. I, I just don't understand how this works, why this works. I, I mean, I, I, I get so frustrated hearing that an opportunity that millions of artists would die for, people are turning down. And then Travis Scott wanted to call somebody to make sure it was okay before he did it, to make sure his, credi- or his credibility would, would remain intact. Give me a break. Give me a break. All right, topic number four, Lil Penny's back. Lil Penny, Penny Hardaway, got on the Get Up Morning Show, the ESPN show with uh, with Mike uh, Green, uh, what, at Greeny, um, Greenberg. Maybe that's it. I don't remember. God bless. It's been so long since I've watched that show. Uh, but for Mike and Mike. So, uh, so Mike and... Jalen Rose and whoever else, but Penny Hardaway jumps on there and they're talking about Memphis and Tennessee and and Memphis uh, basketball and and all this. And Penny brings up that Lil Penny is making a comeback. Now I don't know how they're going to do this, right? Because Penny was a a Nike property or Lil Penny is. So they got to get permission from Nike. Are they going to bring him back just for like Memphis ticket sales? I mean, it's kind of late in the game to be doing that. Are they going to bring him back for just in-game entertainment? Maybe the the late recruiting period for basketball? I don't know what they're going to do. And if they do it, you got to bring back Chris Rock, right? You got to let him do his little penny voice. He's got to be able to do the thing. I would imagine it's going to be something about building up how the Memphis program is building, and Penny's going to be you know getting in shape and and working out. So it, I, I can't wait to see it. I think Little Penny is fantastic. I am excited about it. Lil Penny was always one of my favorite characters growing up. Um, it's I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Let's jump into the college basketball picks. We got five or sorry, seven picks tonight. Uh, again, overall on the season, I am forty-two thirty-seven and one. That's a fifty-three point one six percent winning percentage. Uh, you can always find the picks over at winningcureseverything.com slash gambling dash picks. Or just go to winningcureseverything.com. The gambling pick section is right up there on the navigation bar. Let's jump into them. I am I am trying to get off the skid. I will uh, off the schneid. Let's let's do this. Game number one. I got Oklahoma minus five and a half against Kansas State. Oklahoma is twelve and two against the spread this year. They're six and one against the spread at home. The metrics have got Oklahoma minus eight and a half or nine. Uh, I think I like this here. Kansas State, good basketball team. Defensive-minded, but I I think Oklahoma, they they typically play much better at home. Kansas State plays much worse on the road. I'm going to roll with Oklahoma here. Uh, Game number two, same game, but I'm going the under 130. So the metrics have a a game total of 124. Uh, These are two great defensive teams, and I would imagine if Oklahoma gets up early, uh, Kansas State will be fighting back, you know, and, and Oklahoma and, and, and both of them will be locking down on defense. So under 130 is the play on Oklahoma-Kansas State. Game number three, Missouri plus one against Alabama. Missouri is winless in conference play so far, uh, but they are much better at home. They've played a, a difficult schedule. Alabama coming off of a tough buzzer-beater loss at home to the worst team in the league, Texas A&M. Uh, Alabama is four points worse 
on the road than they are at home. Missouri, four points better at home than they are on the road. Missouri's four points better on offense and four points better on defense. Same thing for Alabama. It's it's almost right down to it. And the line opened up Missouri minus one, and everybody has been betting Alabama to the point that it's Alabama minus one. So I'm taking Missouri as a home dog. I think they're going to win the game. I like Missouri. Drake plus three and a half at Bradley. All my metrics say that Drake should be favored. Drake is uh, 12 and five on the season. They have been tested harder than Bradley. Uh, Bradley's still getting uh, some home loving, but they are getting a, a lot of love for a win that they had early in the season over, I think, SMU or somebody like that. Uh, I cannot remember off the top of my head, but uh, Bradley, I don't think, is as good. I, I like Drake plus three and a half here. Game number five, Houston, a pick em at SMU. SMU's played pretty well once they've gotten into conference play. Houston is a much better team, though. A uh, lot of money coming in on Houston right now. or on, Sorry, on SMU. Houston was a one-point favorite. Uh, all of my metrics have Houston minus four here. So I'm going to roll with Houston. Game number six, South Dakota State at North Dakota. I'm going under 156.5. South Dakota State and North Dakota both, they, they can actually play defense. Now, they can get into scoring contests when they need to, but both of these teams like to lock down on defense. If either one of them gets a lead, they will sit on that thing, and the pace of play will become at nothing, right? I uh, I like the pace of play here. Uh, I'm liking the under 156.5. And finally, UConn at Tulsa. I'm going over 139 here. Uh, this is another pick em game. Tulsa... Eh, okay. UConn, eh, okay. This is one of those games where if, if one team gets up by four or five points towards the end of the game, this can become a foul festival. I think that we will get a ton of foul shots in this one. I think we're going to go over the 139. Both teams will be in the 70s. Uh, I like that play a lot. So, as always, you can go over to winningcureseverything.com, check out the gambling picks page, and the picks will be up there every day. They're already there, as a matter of fact. So you can go check that out whenever you're ready. Um, if you will, subscribe on YouTube. I appreciate all of you guys for coming in, checking out the daily show. We are doing the meet and greet, the meetup at Hollywood Casino this Sunday, January the 20th. We're, uh, we're going to be there around 11 o'clock in the morning, 1130 in the morning. We will go live at 1230. We'll be right here on YouTube and on Twitter. Uh, so go on and check that thing out. Uh, we're, I think we're probably going to go live on Facebook as well. We'll see what happens with that, but... Either way, uh, we're doing it for the NFL Conference Championship Games. So, everybody come out. There's food and drink specials. It's going to be a good time. We're, uh, we're setting up on the stage bar, which is right next to the sports book. It's going to be a good time. I hope all of you can make it out. Again, we'll be there around 11 or 11.30. We're going live at 12.30. We want to shake everybody's hands, have a good time. We hope you can make it out to Hollywood Casino this Sunday, January 20th, around 11.30 a.m. The live show starts at 12.30 Subscribe on YouTube, subscribe Apple Podcasts, go check out the picks, winningcureseverything.com. We will see you guys tomorrow. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. 
You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com, and we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time... Have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and Le Bonheur's Children's Hospital in Emphasis. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.